and the most important thing in sales, and this is why the title is The Truth About Being a Rainmaker, because everyone thinks it's the plaid jacket, slick talking, where um, when you have trust and when you want to be really a great salesman or a rain, true rainmaker over the long term, not short term, trust is so important. And the big key to trust is always doing what's best for the client, even if it means you, you don't hit your quota that month or that quarter. Hey, welcome to the business of sales. I'm your host, Morris Sims. I have over 35 years training sales professionals who are actually business owners. And now, hey, I'm focused on helping those business owners run their businesses more effectively and efficiently in today's very fast-paced, ever-changing world. So on this show, we're going to interview some great business leaders and give you practical ideas that you can use today. So, hey, stick with us, please. We've got great things coming out, and it's going to happen right now. Rick Highland is our guest today on the business of sales, and we're really, again, very excited to have Rick here with us today. He's got quite a quite a long, wonderful career in sales and in helping people run businesses and make things happen. And he's an author as well; just wrote a book. So, hey, Rick, thanks for being here with us today. Morris, it's great to be with you today. So, tell us your story. What's your journey to get to where you are now? Well, yeah, real briefly, I uh, graduated from my MBA school and uh, joined a consulting firm. It was a small consulting firm out on the West Coast, and there were 33 people at the time. And uh, over the next few years, I I, um, learned a lot about performance management, project management, and sales. And uh, we had a 10-year period near the end before I retired that we 100X'd our consulting company. We went from 500,000 to 50 million over a 10 year period. And then when I went to retire, I thought, you know what, I should write a book and coach people, other people about sales. And, you know, um, so that's what I've done the last two or three years. The book's called The Truth About Being a Rainmaker Seven Steps for Sales Excellence. And it's that story about how to grow your company and particularly on the sales and revenue side. And so that's what I've been doing lately is just coaching people to increase sales and improve sales. And the first paradigm for a lot of people is making that shift that it's okay to be a salesperson. <laughs> yeah. And uh, right. And that it's a noble profession and that all of us, whatever role we are, a parent, uh, a leader, uh, um, a school teacher, a dentist, a doctor, uh, a parent, you know, uh, a spouse, whatever you're doing, uh, part of your role is to sell and to sell ideas and to communicate effectively and to help people, you know, adopt and accept change. So uh, I'm a big time promoter, as you are, of the importance of sales and how to do it right. Oh, there's no doubt. It It is amazing to me how many folks still to this day equate sales to the, uh, and they get a bad rap all the time, but the, the used car salesman with the plaid coat. And, uh, you know, that's that's not what it's all about. It's all about helping people get what they want. Right, Rick? Yeah. In fact, my third principle out of the seven principles in the book is all about that trust and how to gain trust. And the most important thing in sales, and this is why the title is The Truth About Being a Rainmaker, because everyone thinks it's the plaid jacket, slick talking, 
where um, when you have trust and when you want to be really a great salesman or a rain, true rainmaker over the long term, not short term, trust is so important. And the big key to trust is always doing what's best for the client, even if it means you, you don't hit your quota that month or that quarter. Uh, if you do what's best for the client every time, you will, um, over time, build this flywheel of success, this flywheel of people trusting you and the, your reputation and word of mouth gets out there. And so, yeah, absolutely. That's, it's the third principle, but the number one key to being an effective salesperson and, you know, and to build trust means you've got to listen. That means you've got to come in with questions. That means you've got to listen to understand rather than just talk the whole time and make your pitch. So there's a lot of innuendos to trust, but that is such a critical part of, be, of being effective in sales. Yeah, one of the, the sales courses I went to early on in my career, and I'll never forget it, uh, you had to bridge the river of no trust. And you do that with, with empathy and compassion and with uh, com- commonality and by listening, by, by really caring about what the other person wants and what they, what they need. Yeah, absolutely. I put a little um, trust calculator. It's almost a little quiz online, and it's on my website and on my bio links and social media. But it's a cool little 13-question assessment that you can score yourself to how good your trust and how can you develop more trust. And it is those things. It's asking great open-ended questions. It's listening. It's when there's a problem, following up right away, admitting uh, being transparent and honest when there's a problem and or when they're asking questions, right? Because people can tell mm-hmm. when they're being uh, getting a, 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 an invasive answer. Yeah. And so be transparent. If it's something you can't do, be honest. If it's something you shouldn't do, be honest. <laughs> and it'll come back in spades to uh, be fruitful for you. But yeah, the, the glue to being a great salesperson is definitely your ability to build and quick relationships of trust. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And understanding that it's all about the client. It's not about me. I mean, you can you can tell an amateur salesperson so fast because they don't shut up. They just continuously yeah. talk. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, in fact, we talk about the perfect first meeting. You know, if you, if you think about an if you got an hour meeting with your client and uh, yeah, there's some check-in and socialization and and uh, finding out about each other, and then, and then if you can control the agenda in sales, and I always like to send the pre-agenda out to, to help plant plant the seeds for how the call, I want the call to go. But then the next 15, 20 minutes is discovery. It's just like a good doctor. You're asking questions, not telling uh, how great your product is. You're you're determining needs. You're finding out pain points. You're uh, and, and then once you feel like you've got a good grasp on the pain points and the needs you reflect those back. And then the really good salesman can then over the next 20 minutes or so, uh, make an effective pitch and tie in what you just heard or what you just told them as a potential client to how your product or service can help fit those pain points. And if you can do that, you're going to increase your success ratio significantly. And then, the last 15 minutes I love, Morris, and I think you'll agree with me on that. Rather than pitching right to the end because you're so passionate and enthusiastic about your product and you keep giving long answers and long pitches, 
leave the last 15 minutes to questions again. And it could be simple questions to start with. You say, what do you, what do you think about any thing you like about the product or service? Any concerns you have? You see how this might fit some of your challenges that you meant before or your pain points or needs and just get them talking again. In yeah. fact, the, the perfect scenario is they start to talk amongst themselves in front of you. That's when you know you've got some trust and some open people that may be ready for a buy. Is It doesn't happen all the time, but if you're asking good questions at the end again, rather than pitching right to the end and say, hey, do you want to buy? <laughs> uh, ask more questions. Determine needs. Listen to where they're at. And if they need, if you missed an angle, if you didn't talk about ROI yet or values enough or benefits enough, you can circle back around to that. But I love spending the last few minutes having hearing them again talk about do they think this product or service meets some of their needs and and what do they think are some of the next steps and if and if they're not getting there you can obviously seed and coach the situation but that's my ideal first first meeting to build trust and relationships and rapport quickly well, I couldn't agree more. And it, it, those those questions at the end, we used to call them sample closes, but you begin to get an idea what's most important to that prospect. And again, it's what's most important to the prospect that's going to make all the difference in the world. Can I solve their problem? Because that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, and, and can they see? Because of what I've said, can they make that connection? How close are they to making that connection? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I despise uh, when they say, oh, we're going to go talk amongst ourselves and get back to us. Oh, that's, that's okay. I guess that's a next step. It's not the best next step. Yeah, no, it's and, not. Uh, and if you can uh, follow this kind of pattern that we just talked about, you can develop more rapport. You can develop more rest- understanding quickly and then try to process at the end how close they are. And, of course, some cultures are more closed and some people are more closed so they they might need to go away and talk about it, but boy, is it ever uh, a great sign if you've done your job on that first meeting, if they're openly discussing at the end how this might work or what the next steps by, or what other decision maker they need to see or what else they might need to hear from us. And does it ever help you uh, with the next steps if they're, if they're talking openly in front of you? And the key to that is, how well you've made them comfortable and how well you've yeah. listened and how well you've tied your pitch into their needs. And so there's those things that you can do to make sure that that's an open conversation at the end. Absolutely. There really are. And, you know, sometimes it's in, in my world, it was always, uh, not always, but in my world, there were a lot of times it was a sale across the kitchen table with a husband and wife. And sometimes they had this conversation before you ever locked in the door that says, Okay, now look, tonight we're not going to do anything, right? We're not going to do anything, so don't say yes to anything. we got to talk about it first. And by George, when you ran into a pact like that, the only thing I ever was able to learn to help was to to give them time to talk. And, and, you know, I forgot something in the car. Let me go out and get this other thing that I want to show you. And Mm. I would walk out to the car and spend some time outside and give them a chance to talk and release each other from that pact. And again, if, if even in a business situation, if you see that coming along, hey, look, you guys need to have a few minutes alone. And frankly, I need to make a run to the to the men's room. 
which way is that, and how can I can we you know, give them a chance to talk? Give them a chance. Let them release each other from the idea that we're not going to do anything while he's here, right? And then uh, right. you never can tell what might happen. be surprised how many times I walked back into the house and they would say, "Morris, we're going to do A or B," because I'd always give them a couple of opportunities. You know, which one do you think is best for you and your business? Which one do you think is best for you and your client or your family? And it it seemed to work, Rick. What do you think? Yeah, and, and I like the principle behind that too, Morris. And that is, you know, you're self aware enough. You're reading the potential client on where they're at and if it's obvious that's the case how can you make them more comfortable have an open discussion and if it's more comfortable to have that open discussion after you excuse yourself for a couple minutes uh that's a great idea but you know it's all about getting them comfortable getting them talking giving them time to talk and it's not the worst situation in the world like i sold you know two million dollar consulting packages one year you know, we'll bring a team on and change your culture, change your performance. And so sales don't always happen on the first time, but if you've planted enough seeds, you've got them talking, made them comfortable, you can get a really nice next step. Because um, in my package, it usually took, you know, six, 12 months to sell that mm-hmm. large non-tangible mm-hmm. consulting project. But oh, yeah. you really do, you really do want to angle for building trust and moving to, towards a nice logical next step. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's for sure. There's no doubt about that. Rick, we've been talking about all this stuff and, and and getting to the end of the process, but it's really the beginning of the process where we do that that discovery, that fact finding that that sets the the groundwork for everything. Give us some ideas about how to do that better. Um, yeah, I think one of the number one. Um, ways is is your prep and that is uh practice what questions you're going to ask and um have three or four really good open-ended questions it might even be worth brainstorming with colleagues uh thinking of past meetings with past clients but how that first part of the meeting goes is in direct correlation to your the quality of your open-ended questions for example you know uh, and again, you got to read the situation on where the folks are at. And sometimes I actually put it in an agenda beforehand so they're thinking about it, you know? And oh, one what way, a great idea. Yeah, one way, particularly if you've got senior people that are very proud of what mm-hmm. they've done with the organization. Yeah. Uh, they, and they don't want some hotshot salesperson coming in, tell them what the problem. You don't want as a salesperson to put them on the back foot right away. Right. So a great open-ended question is, Tell me what's going well in your organization relative mm-hmm. to the topic at hand. What are you proud of? What are you most proud of, of the changes you've made uh, in the last uh, couple of quarters? And get them talking about that. And as they release that and they talk about what's gone well, you, know, you can ask a simple question like, you know, what are some of the areas you want to improve on going forward, given all those great things that have gone on? And uh, hopefully that strengths question has opened them up you built a little trust to comfort with them. And if they'll open up to the, what are some of the opportunities? My friends, thank you again for listening to the Business of Sales. We appreciate you. Hey, a quick bit of news for you just to get started today. Our friend and mentor, Dr. Randy Marshall. Well, Randy has taught many of us in the world of sales over the years. He makes no apology for his faith and his Christianity. He is in Poland right now helping with the refugees and providing aid to the Ukrainians. 
Randy has taught there for several years to help build leaders to plant churches in that country. Now he works to help get them medicine and clothes and food and, yeah, even bulletproof vests. So please pray for Randy and his mission and his safe travels on all his many trips back and forth. And if you're moved to help support this work, go to a website. It's tccp.pro. That's the Center for Church Planters, tccp.pro, P-R-O, and share your treasure to help a people who are truly in need of physical and spiritual support at this time. Carla and I have been blessed, and we've given to this organization because I know every penny is going to go to help a family in Ukraine and to spread the gospel. You know, our Lord taught us, as often as you've done this for one of my least brothers, you did it for me. Thank you for your support, and thank you so much for listening to the Business of Sales. Hey, let's get back to the show. Another a really good question that's worked well is, you know, tell me the vision for your organization a year from now. Where do you want communication? Where do you want culture? Where do you want performance? Which areas would you like to improve? But I always find, Morris, by getting to talk about what's going well first relaxes them and opens them up to the larger conversation because a lot of people don't like um, new people sitting down, you know, telling them all the things they need to do better, uh, particularly senior people. So yeah. to get the, get them to relax, start with good open-ended questions, start with comfortable strength-based questions, and then move in and see if they'll open up to you and really tell you, you know, like, you know, in safety, we're, we're first class in safety in our plant. But uh, on quality, we're falling behind. And we've already started an initiative, but if you've got some tools and processes that can help us on quality, we'd love to hear about it. Wow. You know, like, what an opening. Yeah. And so you, so you honor what they've done in safety. You might even ask, what have you done well in safety that's turned around that culture? And then tie that into your answer on how you can help them with quality. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a lot, lots of different techniques to get them talking and feel safe. And the idea, again, is to help them get what they want. We're not trying to manipulate anybody. We're not trying to force anybody. We're not trying to push anybody. We just simply want to have an open, transparent conversation about whatever their problem is. But I have to know what their problem is before I can help them solve it. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I really stress, and it's my second principle in the seven principles of the book, is um, knowing your avatar client, meaning You'll have more successful meetings if you get in front of the right people with the right yeah. needs. Yeah. And your home, your database homework, your research, your word of mouth referrals, your uh, past clients introducing you to others. I mean, in consulting, uh, we knew that our avatar client was a senior VP of operations because we were mostly a manufacturing consulting company. And so if we could get in front of the senior VP of operations, not HR, not finance, not quality, the senior VP of operations, and we could get him to open up. We knew we could, you know, uh, describe our solutions to his pain points. And then we even niched it down further, Morris, in that we were senior VP of operations in the energy industry. Hmm, okay. And, and so now uh, we, we knew all the issues, problems, needs of senior VPs of operations in the energy industry. And so we were able, and rather than giving them generalities and platitudes, we could speak directly to that sub niche, mm -hmm. and that made us that made us way more powerful. 
Hey, I got a question for you. What's your favorite destination for a few relaxing days to unwind and recharge your batteries or your favorite place to take the family for some big fun? Find that picture in your mind. Go on, do it now. Have you got it? Well, now think about all the planning and the booking and the flights and the reservations and all the rest of those other pesky details that you have to go through just to get to that beautiful picture in your mind. Now, what if somebody took all those details and made it easy? Make it easy for you to get there and do what you want to do. Well, that's what our friends at Small World Big Fun can do for you. They make travel easy. All you got to do is show up and have fun. The great people at Small World Big Fun are going to handle all the details that you want them to handle. You want to go to Disney? Hey, they know all the secrets. River cruises in Europe, Cancun beach trips, Belize maybe, cruise Alaska or (laughs) cruise anywhere. You name it and Small World Big Fun can plan it and make it happen for you. Really, I've been using Small World Big Fun for years and frankly so has the rest of our family. We just show up and have fun. Cindy Miner and her 42 other great agents are going to make it easy on you to show up and enjoy life. So go to smallworldbigfun.com or call Small World at 501-831-5211. That's 501-831-5211. Call them now and get started planning for your next trip to that absolutely beautiful picture that you saw back when this conversation began. You know, I can see it now. The white sandy beaches of the Redneck Riviera all along the Gulf of Mexico, and it's calling me. Golly gee, can you hear the waves? Yeah, I can smell the ruby red Gulf shrimp on the grill. Redfish fresh from the boat for dinner, and oh. Hey, Carla, bring me a drink, would you? And adjust the umbrella. The sun's in my eyes again. Nothing's worse than a more than a generic salesperson that can't answer their questions, can't meet their needs. And, and you know, well, you know, our product really helps with quality. Well, how? <laughs> uh, I had one t- I had a, a, a meeting one time with Larry, a senior VP um, in the energy industry. And we had worked with several refineries in the past. Fortunately, I'd sent him my agenda I had sent him some open-ended questions. We wanted to do some discovery about his needs. And he, he opened the meeting like, okay, Rick, uh, you know, normally I wouldn't even let you guys in the door, but uh, Gary introduced me to you, and I really respect Gary. So principle number one is warm introductions uh, by trusted advisors of theirs increases your success ratio twofold, right? That's just... A key, if you can get introductions, either LinkedIn introductions or, and and so I always love to keep close to my current clients and past clients because they're my best introduction to leads. And then as we went on to talk with Larry, he says, okay, uh, we thought we had an hour meeting. He says, hey, I got 20 minutes, basically dance, guys. Tell me, you know, (laughs) and I, you know, and I, I, of course I sent the agenda and I wanted to discuss his needs first, but he said dance, you know, so go. But because I knew the niche and the category and the area and his, and so I just went off past mm-hmm. industry. And I said, you know, a lot of companies and my homework that I did are struggling with turnarounds. Is this an issue? It, you know, and he kind of said, well, it might be. I said, oh, wow. Okay. It's not giving <laughs> us much here. 
Hey, y'all, hang on for just a second. I got, I got something I just got to tell you. I'm giving away some free stuff, all right? Free stuff. I've got a copy in there of my ebook, Practical Influence, with ideas to help you improve your influence with other people. I've got some, uh, some great marketing and prospecting ideas that are on an audio file, so you can listen to it while you work out or drive or whatever you'd like to. And we've also got some stuff in there on planning for 2022 to help you make 2022 your best year ever. Just go to morrissims.com slash free stuff. That's morrissims.com slash forward slash free stuff and get your free stuff. It's just that easy. All right. Now back to the show. So I went into a story about a past client in the same industry as him and the same issues and described uh-huh. timeliness, quality, cost issues and maintenance turnarounds and and uh, fortunately, in the industry, they benchmark. And the client that we worked with last time was in fourth quartile on timeliness, quality, cost. And we took them to second quartile in less than a year. And this is what it looked like. And then we went to the second chart and explained, this is how we did it and did four points on how. And this guy melted. He says, that's exactly our problem. And he went on to tell us about the refinery in New York. And it had similar problems. And by the end of the meeting, uh, we had an introduction to the refinery manager in New York. Wow. And uh, two things worked well in that one. One, I got a warm introduction from Gary. Yep. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even gone in the room to my avatar client. And two, because we had specialized in a niche, we knew the issues without him letting us do discovery. And uh, we crushed it. If we hadn't worked that industry before... I guarantee you we've been thrown out because we would have to give them generalities about our product without the specific uh, solutions from past. Yeah, because uh, sometimes you can even you can do all the research in the world and still not get the yeah. answer to that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I love spending that first few minutes in discovery, just like a good physician would. Uh, but Larry didn't let us do that, but it worked <laughs> out in the end because we had a we knew the issues of that niche. That's amazing. Absolutely incredible. And it does speak directly to the importance of that discovery phase of the sales process. It, it's all about figuring out what they want, what they need, and then helping them get it. Yeah. You know, the other issue that I see out there, Morris, and I think it's one of the number one issues, is that most companies don't have a consistent lead generation strategy, meaning... Um, they get so busy working with clients and working the problem and reacting to emails and the problems of the day or making sure the work and service is delivered properly that they don't keep a consistent lead generation process. And so those are my two keys for small business in particular is have a consistent lead generation policy. So if you're the old business owner, and you need to spend three hours a week in cold calling or targeted emails or referencing, then put that in your calendar. Set a leading indicator. Do it because you'll get sucked into the vortex of busy um, as an entrepreneur and a small business owner. So set aside that time to each week I got to do lead generation. As a full-time salesman, you know that's the case, right? Because that's your livelihood. Yeah. But as an entrepreneur, it's really easy to get busy with busy issues that are important, but if Unless you have a consistent lead generation process, you're not going to grow and scale like you want. And then the second principle to lead generation is try to make the introductions as warm as possible, meaning 
I love cold calling, cold calling, but not as much as I love warm calling. <laughs> Meaning, if if I can get an introduction from a past client, if I can connect this person on LinkedIn to somebody they know that I know, if I could get that warm introduction through LinkedIn, if I could get it, you know, at a conference, if I could go um, have one of my advisors walk me around to people they know at the conference, warm introductions, consistent lead generation are kind of the two missing keys in, for small business owners. Um, and uh, that's often the weakness is they get so busy with running operations, they forget about the sales hat because it is only one of their hats. And so have a deliberate strategy, consistent, and get as many warm introductions as you can. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't couldn't agree more. It, it makes all the difference in the world when you walk in with that with that introduction. It just, it really yeah. does. So much more than just a name. Yeah. Rick, last question, and I'll, uh, we'll move on here. But I did, you've been doing this for a long time, and you've been working in, in the business industry and the sales world for a long time. What do you do to make the most of the time you have in a day? How do you, how do you manage yourself to, to really be effective and efficient with the time you have? Uh, that is a great question. Because if someone asked me, what are the top skills of a rainmaker, a sustainable rainmaker over a long period of time? I would say one of those top skills is organizational skills. Mm-hmm. And that is people always say, well, it's relationship and it's trust building. And yes, both, those are critical. In sales, you have to be super organized. And one of the other skills I would say is the top skills is curiosity and learning. Mm-hmm. And if you're committed to those two skills, either learning uh, and organization, you're going to pick up any skills you need. You're going to be able to do the job well. And so that's why I actually developed the planner. I have two books on Amazon. One is the Rainmaker book. The other is about living your purpose, a step-by-step guide to living your best life. And then the third book is actually a planner. It's called Live Your Best Life Planner. And on there, it's an organizational system. And you start with your purpose statement and then you go to your 90-day goals and then you go to your 90-day actions and then you go to your weekly planning in the different areas physical spiritual mental relationships financial work other and then you go to daily planning um and i think most successful rainmakers teach themselves to be organized either they have an ea an executive assistant that helps them get really organized if that's not their skill yep or they teach themselves to be super organized because in today's world, it is super easy to be busy or get not, I'll get um, busy with non-essential activities yeah. rather than really train yourself. Like how many salespeople do we know to build the discipline in your life? Like, okay. And my weekly plan, I have got to do 20 cold or warm calls this week. I have got to do it. I know they're painful. I know it's hard but you got to build that rhythm of these leading indicators into your system. And I love teaching salespeople to set, don't just set your lagging indicator goals that you're, you're, we know you're trying to get sales, set some leading indicators, meaning number of cold calls, number of targeted emails, number of networking lunches, number of doors entered into, you know, whatever it is, whatever those leading activities are that are going to help you get your sales and focus on those, build a plan each week. Uh, and if uh, and and spend the first thing in the morning 
on your most important non-urgent activities. If cold calls is your hardest thing, do it when your brain power is at its best. And plan it in. 8 to 10 every morning, those are going to be my cold calls. I know I got lots to do and I could keep busy or I could respond. But book that in your calendar and plan to be great. Put it in there on those important non-urgent things. Because I know a lot of consultants, a lot of business people, a lot, even a lot of salespeople, that it's you know easy to avoid the hard things. And so I'll put it in your plan and just pl- and measure it and share it with somebody. Like if, if I need 20 cold calls this week to get my sales for the week, uh, then share that. Say, dude, Morris, do you mind if I share with you how I've done on Friday um, on my goal of 20? Sure, Rick. That, send me a little quick email report. And just that little accountability to yourself, particularly for hard activities, is a great little uh, activity to stay organized and stay focused on the mo- most important things. If we want to find your book or find you, how do we do that? Yeah, you just go under Amazon to find the books. Uh, and uh, it's Rick Hyland spelled H-E-Y-L-A-N-D, and then the company name is uh, Continuous Improvement for Life, or CI for Life, and the website is CI for Life, with the number, just the number four in the middle, .org, CI for Life.org, and on there, you're going to find my 14 products or services, there's a lot of coaching services on there, there's training services, Uh, I just finished with a storage company, a series of three or four training, uh, one hour lunch and learns, um, I, I have a active coaching business, helping people increase in, improve their revenue. You can see my different services on my, and then, or you can just follow me on uh, social media. I'm on TikTok, uh, um, and on IG on Instagram, I have, uh, a sale. It's called the sales rainmaker account that, uh, all that I post on there is relative to sales and how to inspire, motivate and some techniques and tools about sales. So yeah, either the website or social media, if you want to hear more, or you can just direct message me and say, Hey, can we have a 15 minute discovery call to see if uh, we're a good fit to work together to help either train or coach, coach you or your organization to improve sales. Rick Island, one of our best guests on the business of sales. Thank you for being here. We appreciate your time. No, you're very kind, Morris, and thanks for the good work you're doing. Well, thank you. And everybody else out there, again, just like always, go out there and meet somebody new. You never can tell what's going to happen when you start building a new relationship. Best wishes, and I'll see you again next time right here on The Business of Sales. 